0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Barnes University Radio. We have this series, Assembling Titans, going on right now. So it's all, you know, blanketed under here. The umbrella is Barnes University, Assembling Titans. So the Tennessee Titans just concluded their game with the Indianapolis Colts. It was in Nashville. Hottest recorded day at that stadium. Felt like triple digits on the field and the Titans fell short 19-17 to um, versus that team. Um, the Colts came out and, um, you know, pretty much let the Tennessee Titans know they're not scared of your secondary. Jacoby Brissett showed great mobility in the pocket. Was able to break some tackles, extend some plays. Tennessee Titans defense, for the most part, you know, still, you know, one of the best in the league. Just had some lapses here and there. Um, the Colts went at the Tennessee Titans weakness and we'll get to that. And offensively, the Tennessee Titans looked like a well-prepared team, but not necessarily an explosive team or a team willing to take too many risks. Um, and you look at this game, you know, losing this game, the, the Indianapolis Colts have been a, you know, thorn in the Tennessee Titans side for, you know, ever since the Tennessee Titans beat them in the playoffs earlier in the decade or two decades, the century, I should say. Um, the Tennessee Titans have not played well versus the Colts historically, especially in the last 20 meetings, 21 meetings. The Colts have beat them 18 times. Um, so just from there. I look at this game and then I'm thinking about my preparation and my 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 film study and some of the suggestions that I've had over the past few games versus the Colts. You know, the Tennessee Titans pretty much didn't do any of it. And both and all three results were a loss. So and if you look at the game, you know, it's 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 very difficult to be an NFL player. It's very difficult to be an NFL coach. Um, It's very difficult to. It's very difficult for me as a aspiring talent evaluator to get that heard. It's very hard to be taken seriously for that because we have millions of people literally trying to be in this in the position or everybody has an opinion, right? But the game plan for the Tennessee Titans, although it being good enough to win, it wasn't it wasn't a, an aggressive offense in terms of I'm going to take this game or I'm going to trust my weapons and I'm going to employ them in the best ways possible. Um, a, a player that's just sticking out of my head that is just being underutilized ever since to me, ever since he's gotten to the Tennessee Titans. And it's kind of being overpaid for that position. And I talked about it during my offseason game plan was, you know, Dion Lewis. He's a player that ha, have has joined the Titans. Or had joined the Titans last offseason, and really, when you look at his production, you look at it from a, a, a back that you probably wouldn't have wouldn't be pay, paying five million dollars to. You look at it as a back that's probably a late round pick, just providing some juice here and there. He's overpaid for what he's providing. Now, it's it's not his fault that he's getting the money, but we the Tennessee Titans have to find a way to get. Deion Lewis in that offense and productive in that offense because these types of games to me it's it's a perfect Deion Lewis type of game Derrick Henry had a great game I think he you know the more you give him the ball ball, the better that he gets and the Tennessee Titans Obviously have a better second half game plan. They make great adjustments at the halftime period, much like the Patriots do. And much like I think most teams, they try to do something a little different, uh, change up the pace in the second half. And they did that very well in this game. It looked like they were going to run off with it. But um, the Colts made a few plays at the end, a 55-yard run. And then a, you know, touchdown pass to T.Y. Hilton, and there you go. The game is pretty much, you know, over with because do you really trust Marcus Mariota against a cover-two defense because that's been his Achilles heel, cover-two. Cover-three, he does well. Cover-two, not so well. And um it's just a difficult defense for him to uh fit because basically – a defense that allows you to catch underneath patterns but they it, the whole preface is to not get beat deep and if you don't get one of those lucky plays from this Tennessee Titans offense it's very hard for them to sustain anything right now um I think overall in three games they're either three for 20 or three for 30 I think last game it was two for 10 so did they have 20 conversion attempts this game? I don't know. I saw the stat I know that they only had one in this game So that's three over the past two games and we all know it's the first game of the season But the the biggest thing is this I've said it before over and over again Now I know how the fan base the casual fan the the rah-rah fan the the do-or-die fan I understand Marcus Mariota is your guy, but at the end of the day. He's not Jesus. He's not perfect What is wrong with your quarterback right now is the guy is not playing the quarterback position at the at the at the most basic level. He's not even completing those type of things. And what do I mean by that footwork in the pocket, the ability to evade the pocket correctly, the ability, the ability to step up in the pocket, the ability to to have consistent ball placement, decision making on a consistent basis and under pressure is not being seen so far this season and you can say that okay he had a great game that first game versus the the browns absolutely it was game planned perfectly against a team that's in their first year in that defense you know you know and most of the time the player he was throwing it to did most of the work so let's have context and perspective behind these players marcus mariota the first player of the game threw a pass behind delaney walker that could have really been a tone setter and kept that drive alive earlier. And there's other moments where he's taking sacks instead of throwing the football out of bounds or evading the pocket and being in a different place to where he doesn't get sacked. So it's, it's, it's it's very frustrating to watch Marcus Mariota because he's a very athletic and talented player, but he is not a depth adept at using that natural ability to its utmost potential and and it's really hard to explain because really all you can really say about marcus Mariota is he's an athletic quarterback that sometimes makes good throws and that's unfortunate in other words he's a basically an athletic version of matt schaub an athletic version of trent dilfer in some degree you know he was 19 of 28 for i believe a buck 50 passing 150 yards on 28 attempts and part of that is the game plan the play calling a lot of that is his inability to read the field fully a lot of it is a a, a lot of things i think they the game plan was good enough to to win a lot of things they didn't do they didn't attack this secondary and you know their starting corner you know was out the game and they couldn't take advantage of that so it's kind of tough it's kind of tough to say anything about the defense because i think the defense showed up um, other than the 55 yard run and then obviously if i'm going to talk about marcus mariota i have to talk about my frustrations that's been growing or always been there with the dory jackson it's very well known who i would have taken instead of a dory jackson Disclaimer, I'm not a hindsight 2020 guy. You've heard it on pro- probably 50 to 60% of my podcast. I was a big tra- Tredavious White guy. If you don't know Tredavious White, he's probably the a top 10 corner the, in this league, if not top 5. He was in the same draft class as Dory Jackson. He was from LSU. Pretty much had a lot of the similar skill sets in terms of on paper, a, a, a decent punt returner, athletic, you know, not as athletic as a door. My, my whole scouting report on Adore Jackson was he's more of an athlete than a corner. He's not that physical. Um, you'd like to see um, his special teams uh, be the main point for him in the league until he learns cornerback position. Adoree Jackson has been drafted. He has neither been a threat on on in, on special teams or an imposing figure on defense. True, Davis White, on the other hand, has become one of the better young corners in this league. And Adoree Jackson, I'm not going to single out one play, but as, as a former cornerback, that play in the first drive for the Colts, that pass interference is totally unacceptable. It is a panic play. It is what high schoolers do it is what wee players do to grab another player's helmet in mid-flight in while the ball is in the air as a as a panic mode is ridiculous what you're taught when the ball is in the air you, you you're taught that the ball is yours and if you're not in good position you have to restrain from the thought of panic restrain from touching the receiver until the ball is there all you have to do in panic mode, if, you, if you've been beat, hold your horses, look at the wide receiver's eyes. When he looks back, you look back and try to make a play on the ball. And if you think you're too far, make a play on his arms or hands to knock the ball there down with great timing. You do not panic. You do not swipe at someone's head while the ball is in the air. It is just unacceptable. And that gave them an easy six points early in the game and as I said you know prepping for the for this week this team does not defeat themselves on on average and per tradition versus this team they don't beat themselves and we gave them points we gave them six points we gave them a drive where you know Mike Vrabel he didn't challenge a a pass interference he didn't challenge a a a play that uh Jacoby Brissett might have been short you know I think uh, those two decision decisions was uh, decisions made that, you know, I can't really question it because the percentage of you actually winning is low, but you never know. It's one of those times where maybe it was, you know, you know, the good Lord was telling you something by having two types of plays back to back, be challengeable, challengeable. If that's a word, you know, so I just think that this the flow of the game um, can't say that you lost it in the first half. You never lose a game typically. But when you look back, obviously, it's easy to do. But at the end of the day, these are things that, you know, are certainly should have been corrected by now. You know, there's players on this roster that shouldn't have beat shouldn't be on this roster. And, you know, I can't really say that if I was GM, I have the respect you know, you know, the chain of command and, and what it took for GMs or decision makers to be where they are. I just certainly want to be able to help because some of this, some of the, the players that's he, there are, are, are hurting this football team, you know. And at this point, you know, if, if Minka Fitzpatrick is available and, you know, he has he has corner skills, preferably a slot guy, but he has cornerback skills. If there's a situation where somebody's asking me, "Are you gonna trade a Dory Jackson for a Minka Fitzpatrick?" I'm doing it in a heartbeat, and I'm adding, I'm adding maybe a late rounder or mid rounder to it because just, it's just simply because this guy is hurting the football club in crucial moments, and it, it's like he doesn't get it, you know. And I and I hate to have this overreaction because I don't, I I don't necessarily think it's an overreaction. I honestly think that it is what it is. If Odori Jackson or if anybody that knows this man listens to this podcast, you are hurting this football team. If anybody who listens to this podcast knows Marcus Mariota personally, you are hurting this football team. You are hurting the football football team because you are not making the correct plays. You are not putting in the time in terms of your craft. I'm not talking about showing up to 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 whatever AM meetings that you have. I'm not talking about the practices that the coaches have in place for you. I'm talking about the extra time studying the greats. You know, studying as a Dory Jackson, being a smaller corner, going somewhere and studying some of the smaller corners of this league and how they use leverage and positioning and just advice about being a cornerback to the best of your ability. You know, Marcus Mariota, I know you're quiet, but stepping out of your comfort zone and contacting some of the greats that ever played this game, the Peyton Manning's of the game, the Brett Favre's of the game, training with them, doing something out of the norm to to perfect your craft. Instead of going to Hawaii and training with the same people and just saying that, you know, nothing's going to change me. I'm still going to be myself. You know, at some point you have to do something. You know, and I understand that this is probably less than 24-hour rule. You lost. You want. You not. You don't want to lose twice in the same week. Blah blah blah. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a team that you shouldn't overlook certainly. And it's probably you know, saner heads say it might be a win. So that's two and one. But you should be three and zero, three and zero. And you know, I don't think they got the message from Eddie George good enough to take this coach game personal. You know. I, I, me sitting at home shouldn't feel more offended than them coming on Steve McNair and Eddie George Day and winning in that type of way. I shouldn't feel I'm pretty sure. And I'm not speaking for all the players. I'm pretty sure they're pissed. They're the ones going out there in the heat and actually doing it. I respect that. But at the end of the day, there's some plays that was left on the field that they're better than that. You're better than that. Period. It's ridiculous, and um, you know, it's the first game. It's the first loss of the season. That's the one that's that's probably it doesn't hurt the most, but it's probably the one that can can cause uh, you know an emotional response. I don't find it an emotional response because you know Odora Jackson wouldn't have been on this team. I think he's a good kid. I think the Titans. Uh, over the past few draft classes that's the MO drafting good kids you know and, and good kids good players so I'm the type that I'm going to draft good kids great players you know I'm I'm going to draft good kids and great players to where there isn't the 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 time frame for development is low is short the time frame for development for Adore Jackson Was known to be a project, and and if you honestly thought that he was going to be a shutdown corner, then that's your bad on eval. Marcus Mariota, the same thing, knew there was going to be development coming out of Oregon, but at this point, year five, like goodness gracious, the footwork is terrible in the pocket, the ability to 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 even sense the rush, and this is like this is this is how bad it is. Tom Brady, one of the most unathletic quarterbacks. Of all time, but still one of the more greater quarterbacks of all time has better pocket presence than Marcus Mariota. He just does Jacoby Brissett, who's not as athletically gifted as Marcus Mariota, has better pocket presence than him. What is pocket presence? There's a difference between tucking and running the football. Obviously, top. Marcus Mariota is probably top five when he's running with the football outside of the pocket past the line of scrimmage. But when it comes to pocket maneuverability, ability to move in the pocket, evade pressure, subtle movements within the pocket, Marcus Mariota is probably one of the worst in the league. The bottom, bottom half, bottom quarter of the league in terms of his ability to move within the pocket, sense pressure, ability to get outside of the tackle, tackle box or whatever box and throw the ball out of bounds to save your body not to lose yardage on a sack like this is like year one type of stuff and it is frustrating because this team is actually good enough to make a run like Eddie George said in his speech this team is not just good enough to make the playoffs they're good enough to make a run and it's being held back by certain players in certain pinpoint moments that other teams know. They know when who to attack. They know how to attack. They know how to uh, make it difficult for Marcus Mariota. They know when every opposing quarterback. They know the weak link on that secondary. You know it's very frustrating because it's 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 there's there's a lot of talented players on this team there's a lot of aging players on this team and you only get you know one shot man you don't know when it's gonna end so it's like it's wasting opportunity now this loss could or couldn't come back to bite the titans but that's the that's that's why what makes these games so great because you don't know if it will so you need to win it that's really all i gotta say you know i stand by what i said these players need to step up man you need to step up because at the end of the day, you don't be able to if you don't be able to make the playoffs or make a run, you know, players like Cameron Wake and players like Delaney Walker and others that are aging don't get that chance anymore because of your lack of prep preparation. That's really all it is. At the end of the day, you're one big family, but I'm challenging you to become better players, become better um, masters of your craft. That's really all I got to say jackson Jag- jacksonville jaguars this week thursday night getting excited about the dive into that film and let's see what, how we can attack them and win that game so tighten up thanks for watching thanks for tuning in thanks for listening i should say assembling titans have a blessed day